Where would we be without the written word of God? I want you to think about that. Where would we be without the written word of God? Where would we be without the authoritative word of God? That is what... Uh, these verses are about, as far as that's what Psalm 119 is all about, the Word of God, how we should fear. And I mean fear, the fear of reverence and dread of, of, not, of taking the Word of God and using it deceitfully, using it to maintain a position rather than to bow before what it actually says. Not to come to the Word of God to try to prove and and give me affirmation of what I believe, but to bow to what God says in his word. Where would we be without the word of God? Isaiah 8, 20 says, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. Now look what some think this is David speaking to Solomon. It may be. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The answer is very simple. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. That's simple enough, isn't it? If we had no written word of God, we couldn't do as the noble Bereans. Remember what it says then? When they heard the apostles preach, the scripture says they searched the scriptures daily whether these things be so. So you're not dependent on me giving you the truth. You've got the written word of God to see if what I'm saying is so. Whether withal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed unto the word of God. I love 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture. This covers Genesis 1-1 through Revelation 22-21. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. Men wrote the scripture, but it was as they were inspired by God himself. And every word is said exactly as God would have it said. No scriptures of any private interpretation, but holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, if we didn't have the Bible, we're without hope. We would be dependent upon what men told us with regard to the character of God. We could not know God. That's how important this book is. There is no knowing God without this book. You believe that? I know that's so. 
Now, there's some things we can know about God using logic. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth or literally hold down the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, what is that saying? I can look at creation, and the only logical explanation for creation is God. This universe didn't just pop up from nothing. The only logical, rational explanation is God. God is. And I can know by logic that God must be all-powerful to make this place. And nobody made him. He's eternal. You can know that by logic. But that doesn't tell me whether God will save me. That doesn't tell me if God's just. That doesn't tell me if God's gracious or merciful or if God will forgive sin. The only way I know the true character of God is from this book. Now back to Psalm 119. In these eight stanzas in Psalm 119, there are eight different words that are used with regard to the Word of God to describe it. Number one, the Word. The Word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy Word. Now, what's in my mind? The only way you can know is by the words that come out. The word of God, which tells us what's in his mind, who he is. The next word that's used, verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. The word of God is a commandment. It's not advice. It's to be believed. It's to be bowed to. It's not good advice, everything God says is by way of commandment. And then, look in verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart. Now that word is a different word than the one used in verse 9. It's where we get the word Torah from. The five written books of the Bible. This is a reference to the actual written word, the Torah. And then in verse 12, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Now that word is decrees, the decrees of God. You know, everything that takes place takes place because God decreed it. And that is what is referred to in Revelation chapter 5, the book written on both sides of the page. Nothing can be added to it. Sealed with seven seals. That's talking about the decrees of God. I love the fact that the Lord decrees, and whatever he decrees takes place. That's his word, the statutes. And then we read of in verse 17 of his judgments. 
not verse 17, I'm sorry, verse 13. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. All he says is absolutely just in accordance with his perfect justice. There's no darkness in him. No darkness at all. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. And then in verse 14, we read of the word testimonies. I rejoiced in, thy, in the way of thy testimonies. This is God testifying. This book is God testifying to me and to you. And then we read in verse 15, I will meditate on thy precepts, thy mandates, thy appointments. I will meditate on thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I want to read a passage from Isaiah 55. I'm sure you're familiar with it. But in verse 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. <laughs> Isn't that true? That's so true. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Can you say amen to that? My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. <laughs> For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I love the way the scripture is called his ways. His ways. Now there's a way that seems right to men, the end thereof are the ways of death. I want to know his ways. And then he says, I will delight myself in thy statutes again. His decrees, I will not forget thy word. Now let's read this and think about it in light of the written word of God. And let me, let me, um, emphasize this my attitude toward God himself is only seen in my attitude toward what this book says the word of God now let's look at verse 1 or I mean I'm sorry verse 9 wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way you know, I don't have any confidence in my way. How can my way be cleansed? Well, how does David answer? By taking heed, by listening to, by bowing to, by receiving, by taking heed according to thy word. The word of God. The word of God is quick living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Oh, the word of God. How am I going to cleanse my way? By listening to what God's word says. By reading the word, asking the Lord to teach me what it means, by hearing the preaching of the word. Now, don't preaching is a supernatural thing. It's where God makes known his word. I love it in Acts chapter 8 where... 
the Ethiopian eunuch, after Philip said to him, do you understand what you're reading? Now, the average person said, of course I do. Here's what I think it means. I love this man's attitude. He said, how can I? Except some man should guide me. Now, that's the attitude we're to have toward the word preached. And we don't have to think, well, well how do I know he's telling the truth? We've got the word to see. I, you know, I, I don't ask anybody to ever believe something because I say it. What does the word of God declare. Now look what he says next in verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Now the Lord can't be sought in a half-hearted way. The gospel, if true, is of infinite importance. Nothing can be compared. If false, it's of no importance at all. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. Where I'm fighting to try to give it a place in my life. No. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Not in lukewarmness. He is to be sought with the whole heart. And I have no doubt that that's talking about that heart David said when he said, Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, give me that heart and cause me to seek you with all my heart. I don't want to be half hearted. I'm all in. All in. Is there any other way the Lord is to be served than with the whole heart? And look what he says next in verse 10. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. The word wanders go astray like a lost sheep. You know, sheep are dumb. I'm dumb. I can so easily be led astray and go in the wrong way. And this is what we're asking the Lord don't let that happen with us. Don't let us wander from thy commandments. I love the song we sing, and it's so true. Prone to wonder. Don't you know that so of you? Prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Now that's the experience of every believer. Prone to wonder. And that's why we cry, Lord, don't let me wander. Don't let me go astray. I love the last verse of this psalm. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. Seek thy servant. I can't get back to you any more than a lost sheep can get back to the shepherd. You come after me and bring me. Now, this is the, the heart cry of every believer. Don't let me wander from thy commandments. Cause me to believe thy gospel and continue in your gospel and continue looking to Christ and continue walking with him. Oh, let cause him to be my all in all. Verse 3, he says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin 
against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Now, what I thought of is when that fellow finds the treasure in the field, what's he do? He hides it. He sees it so precious. He doesn't want anything to interfere with this being his treasure. And he hides it and goes and sells all that he has to have that field. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This morning, we're going to look at uh, John chapter 8, the woman taken in adultery. And the last thing the Lord says to her is, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. It's very important for me and you to understand this. The gospel does not say sin is okay under any circumstance, any more than the law does. You believe that? Go and sin no more. The Lord's not going to say to her, now, since salvation's by grace, you don't really need to worry about this sin. I don't even think, it's interesting, and this, this goes on a lot with this, I don't even think he's saying leave this lifestyle, although she is to leave that lifestyle. He's saying go and sin no more. Sin is never okay. These things write unto you that you sin not. When you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. But David says, um, in verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. May that be inscribed in my heart to have this attitude about sin to where my great desire is to not sin against him. Don't you hate your hardened attitude towards sin? It doesn't really bother you the way it should. You're used to it. Oh, may the Lord put this in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, we love him and we understand sin is against him. Every sin. Then he says in verse 12, Blessed art thou, O Lord, Teach me thy statutes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Same thing, isn't it? Blessed be thou, O Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, blessed art thou, O Lord. Now look at his desire. In verse 12, teach me. Teach me, Lord, teach me. Don't leave me to moan understanding. Teach me thy statutes. I love the scripture, they shall all be taught of God. That's what the Lord said. And Lord, teach me. Don't leave me to my own understanding. Don't leave me to the thoughts of my heart. Don't leave me to my regular inclinations. Don't teach me. They shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard 
and learned the Father cometh to me. I'll tell you when you've been taught of the Lord, when you come to Christ, that means you've been taught of the Lord. The only reason you come is because he brought you there. And we're crying, Lord, teach me. Don't leave me to my own understanding, my own thoughts. He says in verse 13, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Now here is the subject of our preaching with our lips to declare how many judgments of his mouth? All the judgments of his mouth. You know when I hear, and I've heard preachers do this, well this, this is this in, do you have to believe this or is it, is it, is it heretical if you don't believe it? Is, it? is this part important? Is that part not important? No. All the judgments of thy mouth. Every word of God is of critical importance. And what are we to leave out? We are to declare all the judgments of his mouth. I think of what the Lord said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I've said unto you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. What do you got to believe to be saved? Everything God says. Everything. Without exception. That's what you got to believe to be saved. All the judgments of his mouth. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. You know when Christ said, I am the way, you know, he were rejoicing in the way of his testimonies. When Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And, and when I, I think of what the Lord says, you're not coming to the Father unless you come by me. And that doesn't simply mean pleading me, but being in me so that when I come to the Father, you come to the Father. You know what that does? That rejoices my heart. I rejoice that the Lord himself brings me into the very presence of the Father. I will rejoice in thy testimonies. Don't you love the way the Lord testified of this to us? I am the way. That's his testimony. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. My life is your life before God. No man comes to the Father but by me. I rejoice in the way of his Testimonies as much as in all riches. The word of God is, is infinitely more important than what we would call material well-being. I rejoice in this than in all riches. Now look in verse 15. He says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will Meditate. Now, 
What all does that mean? The precepts of God, the mandates of God, the words of God. I will meditate. Well, it means read them. It means memorize the scripture. It's a good thing to do. Memorize the scripture. But what it means more than anything else is, is meditating on the message of the Bible. You know, it's a good thing to meditate on how God can be perfectly just and yet justify. Make me to where I am perfectly righteous, even though in and of myself I'm nothing but sin. How God can justly do that. Isn't that a wonderful thing to meditate upon? What about meditating on the union you have with Christ? That blows my mind. I've always been in him. Eternally. There was never a time when I began to exist in his mind. He said, behold, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. Meditate on that. Meditate on the fact that the Lord said, as the Father hath loved me. How did the Father love the Lord Jesus Christ? Perfectly. He saw him as altogether beautiful and lovely and glorious. The Lord says, the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. <laughs> Meditate on that. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect. Now, the foundation of a good relationship is respect. Just on a human level. Uh, if somebody doesn't respect you, if, if someone is a disrespectful person, you know, really that person, they're not going to get very far. Uh, disrespect. And really, understand this. Respect people. If I treat people disrespectfully, and everybody ought to be treated with respect. Everybody. If they act disrespectfully, it's so ugly. It's so, teach your kids to be respectful people. That's the, that's the respect authority, to respect the word of God. Respect. Now, David says, I will have respect unto thy ways. I respect the Lord's way of salvation. I respect it. I, I, I see it as glorious. I respect it. And David says in verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. Don't you delight yourself in his decrees? I will delight myself in thy statutes. And I will not forget thy word. By your grace, by your grace, I will not forget thy Whether withal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word.